Well, guys, um, as Rusty said, I'm Jeremy Wethington. I'm so excited to be here with you tonight. Um, uh, it's an honor to, to be here, to share with you and have an opportunity. As Rusty mentioned, um, my parents, I would like to recognize them, uh, Bernie and Lou Wethington. Um, are, are my parents. So um, my Nana is Jimmy Schulte. And uh, I would say that the importance of decisions, whenever I think about my Nana and I think about a decision that she made years ago to say yes to the word and yes to Jesus has transformed our whole family. And it's been phenomenal. One of my favorite memories is we would go, in, even even when Nana and Papa were at Nazareth in the Catholic Church, we'd go spend the night, and before we'd go to bed, we would all, they would gather us up, we'd sit in the living room, we'd read a chapter of the Bible, Nana or Papa would pray over us, and so I've got a rich heritage, and, and she said yes, and my Papa said yes, and here we are, and, and I'm grateful. Um, as Rusty mentioned, I got uncles, cousins, too many to mention, um, so I'm, I'm grateful for our heritage here. Um, I just want to share a little bit of my testimony, and then the word that I'm going to bring is just something that God's been ministering to Leah and I in this season. And it's simple, but it, I think it, it, it uh, deserves uh, to be said tonight. Um, I've been a member here, uh, TCF, since I was like 12, 13 years old, and I'm very grateful for this church. And um, I'm grateful for Rusty and, and Miss Vicky. And, uh, and one of my favorite memories, Leah was asking me, what, what are some of your favorite memories of Rusty? And one of my favorite memories is Rusty would come in our house, and Benjamin and Brad and I, we'd be back in the room. And he would come in our room, and he would flip the lights on and off, and he would sing, In Agata de Vida, baby. Over and over this happened, okay? So Leah and I are prepping for this message tonight, and, and I said, is that even a thing? I said, I don't even know what that is, so we looked it up. It was a song written by Iron Butterfly in 68. Okay, now get this. This is better. The original lyrics were supposed to be in the Garden of Eden, baby, but the dude, when he sung it, was so stoned that it became Inagata de Vida, and they went with it. So, and, and, and then the genre was acid rock or psychedelic rock. So anyway, that's, that's one of my best memories. I remember that like it was yesterday. So, all right. So in 1999, so two, two of the best things that have ever happened in my life are the day that I took ownership. For my, of my relationship with God. And I said, yes. And I've never given up. Now, have I stumbled? Have I had issues? Have I, have I gone down a different path and God's brought me back? Sure, I have. But that was one of the greatest things. And the second greatest thing happened in 1999, and that's when I met Leah. And I will tell you, without God and without her, I wouldn't be where I am today. Um, you know, I heard a guy say one time that, a lot of times, the Holy Spirit speaks, and it sounds a lot like your wife. It's true. We've got four great kids. Um, Eva's 11. Uh, Cooper is about to be nine. Uh, Sutton is uh, six years old, and Will is four. Hey, buddy. Um, in, uh, 
after we got married, six months after we were married, um, God spoke to us and took us to a place that I never thought we would end up. He spoke to us, and we ended up moving to Dallas-Fort Worth. And we lived in Dallas for about 14 years, and we had a tremendous opportunity to be a part of a church down there that was really a great season. Um, we started going to Gateway when it was about 200 people, and by the time we left, it was about 40,000. And God spoke to us and said, it's time to move. And so we moved to Hamlin, and that's where we reside today, is in between Hamlin and Anson in the big country. Um, so again, I love TCF. I love my heritage here. Um, and I'm honored to share what God's working on me. And so this is something, when I share this tonight, this is something that God is doing in my life currently. Um, and I hope it encourages you tonight. So turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Matthew 22, um, verse 34. And we're going to read just a little bit of scripture to get started here. Okay, in uh, Matthew 22... Chapter 22, verse 34, it says, But when the Pharisees heard that he, Jesus, had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. He said, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then he said something that's always been so profound to me. He said, on all the law, all the law and all the commandments hang on these two things, these two commandments. And so tonight I want to talk to you about um, what God's been challenging me in in this area. About a year ago, Leah um, had mentioned to me, she said, Jeremy, I just want you to be happy. I just want you to go through life with joy and be happy. And I thought, I don't even know what that means, what that's supposed to mean, uh, in, but I want it. And so I looked up a, a definition, a simple definition for joy is a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. So as you reflect on your life, how many of you would think and reflect on your life and say that I go through every day with great pleasure and happiness? I don't. I, w- I want to, but I don't. And so I want to give you some, some things tonight That'll, that'll put you in a position to go through life with great pleasure and happiness. John 10.10, 10, Jesus said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly or life more full. In Psalm uh, 16.11, it says that in God's presence is fullness of joy. So in his presence is fullness of joy. So as I mentioned, this is something that I'm dealing with and that I'm pursuing. And, and so we're going to break this down tonight. So the question is, how do we find true joy in this life? Because let's face it, life happens. Interactions in relationship happens. Stuff in life happens. Things don't go the way we want them to. But through all that, how do we find and maintain a great sense of pleasure and happiness? So we're going to use, I'm going to use just a simple acronym. And I'm going to give Leah credit for this because I'm not that creative to come up with an acronym. Um, So the first point is, is the letter J, and it's Jesus. So you might say to yourself, well, Jeremy, that's, that's pretty deep. I mean, we, we are in church, and Jesus seems like a logical Christian answer. And you think, I can check that off, and I got it. But what if I asked it this way? How many of us not only know about God, but we experience him? Okay? So... 
it's not enough to know. Things are familiar to us. So I'm going to, so the, the scripture I said earlier um, and spoke over Kurt and uh, Megan was Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. It's not enough to know that. I told you earlier, 50% of my DNA is made up of Wethington, and 50% is made up of Schulte. Leaning on my own understanding is not in my human nature. It's just not. It's like, I can figure it out. I got it. I'll, I'll do it. And so that's what my point is, is it's not enough to just know God. We need to put ourselves in a position to experience him. So I'll put it a different way. And this will make a lot more sense. The Dallas Cowboys, all right? Dallas Cowboys. They know there's a Super Bowl, right? They know that it gets played. They know that there's a ring given. At the end, they just don't ever get to experience it. Even, even, even pastor believes that and knows it, but they just don't get to experience it. The same is true in our faith. To know it and to experience it are two very different things. So, the, so here's a question. How do we experience more of Jesus? Several years ago, I listened to a great sermon series by Pastor Bill Johnson, and it was entitled, Your Personal History with God. If I were to ask you to go to coffee tomorrow, and I were to sit across the table and ask you one simple question, if I were to say, Kurt, tell me and explain to me what your personal history with God looks like. Would it be that, well, man, I've been real busy, and I, I just hadn't had time. I just hadn't had time to stop down and to read and to pray. I know I should, but I just haven't. I haven't taken the time. And the reason I haven't taken time is because I, I really, I, I say I value it, but I don't value it. And so I would tell you to pose that question, and just uh, this week, sometime throughout your week, just ask yourself, what does my personal history with God look like? Is it, is it filled with him coming through? Is it filled with evidence that he, you know, we say all these things. We say that, you know, we sang it tonight that Jesus break, bro, has broken chains. Has he broken chains in your life? What, is he, what has he been faithful to, to release you from? What, is, what chains has he broken you um, from and, and freed you from? So what is your personal history with God? I read a quote by Alec Rollins, and it says, Choose adventure over, over safety. There's nothing safe about pursuing God. Be open to saying yes to God when he calls you to follow him on, on his adventures. So, you know, when we I shared earlier about us moving to Dallas, I didn't want to move to Dallas. I was perfectly content being here driving a silage cutter. Um, but it, that God had something more, had, and I had no idea what he had in store for us. But it was a risk and it was an adventure. And so be willing to say yes and be willing to go on his adventures. Um, another, another point here is expect to encounter God. I think too many times we go through life and, and, and we read these things or we come to church and we listen to pastor talk about uh, a principle, but we don't take time to meditate on it and to look for that encounter in our lives. And so expect to encounter God. Supernatural encounters with God aren't actually rare. God manifests his presence through the Holy Spirit in tangible ways every day in our lives. Every day. We just have to stop down and notice. 
Okay, continuing with the acronym, the second, the second is an O, and it stands for other people, others. Purpose to make yourself connected and concerned for other people. Um, a few weeks ago, we were, me and the boys were out feeding some cows, and we were just kind of going about, about our day. Uh, it was on a Saturday, and, and Sutton, he's always thinking. He's always asking questions, and he said, Dad, you know, I've been thinking. That's how he says thinking. Uh, I've been thinking. What happens to your pickup? whenever you're no longer here. Do I get it? And, and he said, but then what happens after that? And, I, and so I proceeded to explain to the boys that at some point, this pickup's going to give out. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a rust bucket. And then I went on further to tell them that it's going to go to a scrapyard and they're going to crush it and it's going to be no more. And I know I'm not telling you something that you don't know, but the only thing the only thing that we get to take out of this life are our, relation, our history with God and people. That's it. That's it. Nothing else matters. I've spent so much of my life pursuing things and stuff and thinking that it would bring fulfillment, all to find out at the end of the day, it's just stuff. It depreciates, it rusts, it quits, it breaks down, and it's just stuff. The only thing that we can take out of this life is our history with God in relationships with other people. Matthew six nineteen through 21, you can write it down. You don't have to turn there. It says, do not, gather, do not gather and heap up and store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust and worm consume and destroy and where thieves break through and steal. But gather and heap up and store for yourselves treasure in heaven where nothing can destroy it. And so... I would ask, what is the one thing from earth that you will have in heaven? It's people. Relationships are important. Relationships and community are important. And I want to digress for just a moment and just to acknowledge and say that relationships aren't easy. I mean, you know that. You've had, you've had conflict with people. It isn't easy. <clears throat> a verse of Scripture that I that I've found recently that just really ministered to me. And again, you don't have to turn to this, but you can write it down as James three, thirteen through eighteen. And I think it's so significant because it says exactly the reasons why relationships break down. And here it is. It says in verse sixteen, it says, For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. That's it. That's the reason relationships break down. So what I want to encourage, and I've been encouraging myself to do this as I think about people and the importance of people, is to empathize with, with people. Hey, I don't know what they've been through. I don't, I don't have a lot of times any idea why they act a certain way. But it's like get thick skin. Pursue people. And, and when somebody hurts you, I've been hurt. I've been devastated by people in my life. I can tell you story after story after story, but guess who's always there? God. He's always there. And guess what he always does? He always either brings a new relationship or he restores a relationship that has gone wrong. But that scripture in James gives me a whole new perspective because I've been guilty of that. I've been guilty and I've lost relationships in my own life because of selfish ambition. 
because I thought that I, again, selfish ambition, leaning on, leaning on my own understanding. And so I, w- I would just encourage you, pursue people, pursue relationships, because it is the only thing you get to take. Where are you spending your time? Where is your treasure being stored? Is it heaven? Is it in heaven or on earthly things? Um, just a quick personal example of this. A pastor shared this several years ago, and I thought it was appropriate for tonight, is um, making a point and making margin in our lives for sacred moments. So what I mean by that is, hey, go out and invest in a fire pit. I mean, you can buy them on every barbecue place. I mean, you can buy them for a few hundred dollars and get a fire pit and then invite people to come to your house and just hang out, just be together, purpose to have community. It does not just happen. Leah and I, and, and I'll say this because this will relate to, to this area, is when we were in Dallas, we constantly got together with, with couples and with people, and we hung out, and we did birthday parties, and we did life group, and we did cookouts, and we did that. And then we moved back to a rural area, and it was like pulling teeth trying to get somebody to come over to our house. It's like, hey, you don't even have to bring anything. Just come over. We just want to be, you know, we just want to be together and hang out and get to know you. And, and so I want to encourage you. It, the, you guys have a great, I mean, I was telling Miss Vicki earlier uh, before the service is that things in our life have a tendency of becoming familiar. And when something becomes familiar, it, it, from our perspective, it loses its value. And so this church, you come in week after week after week, and it becomes familiar. And you just think, well, it's great. Yeah, we like it, and we come. But I want to just encourage you to not allow TCF to become familiar to you. Oh, it, it is special. What you have here, a pastor that's committed to this area and to this people and to this this uh, church is unique. I've looked for it. Trust me. It, it is not found everywhere. And so I really want to encourage you that don't allow it to become familiar and, and purpose to, to make margin, create margin for sacred moments, whether it's sacred moments with your family members, sacred moments with friends, with, with your kids and their friends. Make margin for sacred moments. Um, look for people in need. Um, don't just hang out with people that you want to hang out with. Challenge yourself. Challenge yourself to find somebody that's not connected and bring them in and help them get connected. Love people. Um, years ago, I heard that I heard John Maxwell say, Rusty, I still got lots of those cassettes. I don't have anything to play them on, but I still have them. And, and, uh, but, but I love that saying, and, it, and it's just now beginning to take hold in my life, is that People do not care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I'm really asking God, God, give me a heart for people. Give me a heart for people. Not for what they can do for me, but for how can I serve them? How can I make an impact in their life? How can I help them? Love people. Christians should help non-believers, the poor, orphans, your kids, your wife, your husband. Jesus even told us to love our enemies. Matthew 5, 44. Finally, the last point is, is the why in joy. Um, we get to talk about your favorite person in the world, and that's you. It's the person you look for in pictures. Like, man, I don't look very good. Why did I smile like that? I'll listen to this tape later, and I'll tell Leah, why do I talk like that? 
you know, just the way it goes. Um, so you, invest in your, your own personal growth. Invest in you. Invest in finding somebody that holds you accountable. Again, you gotta, you got a purpose to connect with somebody before you have somebody that you're in relationship that can hold you accountable. Because there's got to be a foundation. Um, Andy Stanley, uh, we listen to a lot of stuff, and, and Andy Stanley shared a, a series of messages recently, and I thought he said something that was so good, is that we come in here in, in, in church, and we're in rows, right? We're in rows, and we see each other outside, and it's like, Kurt, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. I'm good, brother. How are you? Oh, I'm good, man. It's all good. And I'm, and I'm struggling. The reality is that I'm struggling in my life or my marriage or I'm having some kind of issue, but we just, I'm just good. And he says, determined to live in circles, not rows. We live in rows. We live in rows and, and we, you know, Pastor Brady Boyd, I heard him say one time in, when we were living in Dallas in subdivisions, it's, it's, we have garage door openers and so... We leave when it's dark, and we push our button, and we back our car out and close our door, and then we come home from work, and we push our button, we drive in, we close our door, and we never interact with people. And I think that's a sad reality in, in culture today, is that we need community. We need to be connected. Um, so determined to live in circles and not rows. Uh, church is great for corporate ministry. What are you doing one-on-one to strengthen your walk with the Lord, and how are you connected? The last scripture I want to share is Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens another friend. And this is all connected. I mean, I hope you're seeing how this is all connected. Your relationship with God, other people, and then you. The thing that so amazes me, I've heard people flippantly throw this verse around my, my entire life. But what we don't realize is, have you ever spent time in a shop and sharpened something? I mean, there is sparks flying and things catching on fire and burning, and it's hot. The metal gets hot. If you touch it, it'll burn you. It's abrasive. So that goes back to our conversation on, that we talked earlier about relationships. Relationships, good relationships will challenge you. Allow people to point out blind spots. The reason they're called blind spots is because you can't see them. And if you don't have somebody that comes alongside you and says, hey, I've just recognized that this is an issue. And allow them to speak into your life. Um, so you. So your, the, the why enjoy is you. Invest in your personal growth. Spend time in the word. Create margin for prayer time with, with God. Get to know him better. Connect with other people. Allow people to speak into your life and, and hold you accountable. James 5 verse 16 says, Make this your common practice. Common practice, like daily. Confess your sins to each other. That's incredible to me because it's like I should have respect. If Kurt and I go to coffee, I should have his respect, and he should love me enough for me to confess something that I'm dealing with without judging me. And he should love me enough for me to, to give me room to confess that. Those are healthy Christian relationships. And I think it's just interesting. How many of us would say that we have, that it's common practice in our life, that we have that relationship, that we confess your sins? So confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. 
whole and healed. And so what do you got to do to live whole and healed? You got to spend time with Jesus. You got to have other people in your life. You got to invest in yourself. You confess your sins, pray for each other, and you'll be whole and healed. The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. And I think that's connectedness too because you don't get I can't have Kurt praying for me if I don't have the foundation to share with him that here's what I'm dealing with, and he doesn't love me enough to give me the opportunity to do so. So there you go. How do you find joy, and how do you find happiness in your life? Again, I'll go through them real quick. J, you seek Jesus more. O, you seek other people to serve and connect with. And Y, you seek accountability for yourself and invest in yourself. It was an honor to be here. I hope this helps. I hope this encourages you. And thank you. I appreciate it.